Welcome to Business Magic with Maggie Gila, making your business feel and work like magic for you and those you want to impact. Turns out you don't need a wand, you need a strategy. You're listening to a series I did called The Strategy Sleepover, where I invited some of my past micro-launch students and mastermind clients to talk about how they have simplified their businesses. If you're interested in learning more about the micro-launch method, my flagship course on how to market and sell your offers in three weeks or less, go to maggiegill.com slash micro-launch. Now, on to the episode. Hey, hey, Maggie here, your resident business and marketing strategist and the founder of the Micro Launch Method with another panel, panel, with another speaker interview of the Strategy Sleeper. I'm here with my good friend, Caitlin Isles. We go way back. Um, she, yeah, we go way back. We'll talk about this. We go way back um, and we've been through quite a few things together. Um, she was um, our resident chef and yoga teacher at a retreat I did in Florida um, last year, the Get You Done Adventure, which is amazing. And today I want to uh, have her here to talk about her journey in the last year, which has been really incredible with how much visibility she's got and the up levels she's had. Um, and also, especially during a pandemic, um, pivoting a mostly in-person business to digital, which is something she's done really well. So Caitlin, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll get rocking. Thanks so much for having me here today, Maggie. As you mentioned, we go way back. I think I joined your mailing list in 2016 with like the content content quest. Yep. So I've I've been a, a diehard follower for a while. And really in the it was almost exactly a year ago, I checked the calendar that we did the retreat in Florida. And I think it was since then that my my focus and my business has just like completely shifted. It was before, you know, I'd been working for years, I'd been running my business, you know, kind of just going through the motions and more working in it than on it, if you know what I mean, like, just kind of showing up doing the appointments doing this doing my cooking classes. I loved it. But it, it was kind of stagnant. It was sort of mm-hmm. at at a level that it wasn't really increasing, it wasn't decreasing, but it was just sort of like very stable and steady. And last year, we did the the get shit done retreat in Florida. And that's where you said, get yourself in front of a camera and just do the things (laughs) and made me film my first uh, little video with, uh, I think it was making barbecue skewers that I shared. And I very shortly after, I think it was like a week or two later, went from hosting, you know, five, six, seven in-person cooking classes a month and, you know, seeing a couple clients, but mostly really doing my cooking classes as the main source of revenue to everything was shut down and we still aren't able to do our in-person classes. So I really had to make a big pivot in the way I was marketing myself because the classes sort of sold themselves. It was, you know, you put a couple great pictures of food up there. People are like, oh yeah, it's a night out, bring some wine, let's do it. But getting people to work with you as a nutritionist, as a coach, you really need to build a, a deeper connection. And so I signed up for your, what was the, it was the little CEO quest. I think yeah. that you did the very first uh, offering you did for the, um, during the pandemic. And that's where I was like, okay, it's time to start just being really consistent and really visible with what I'm doing. And it made me focus and simplify. And that has been a game changer for me, this concept of like simplification and how can I get the results to create the life that I want to live with 
the amount of effort that I'm comfortable putting in. And so I, I, we went on from the CEO quest to the micro launch method. And since then I've been, I've used it like, I think three times, three or four different times with different things. And I'm currently working through it right now. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here and kind of chat a bit more about that, but it's been a really big pivot to now going from, you know, those in-person events. I was doing lots of retreats, lots of cooking classes to now I'm seeing lots of one-on-one clients. I'm doing group coaching. I'm teaching online yoga And now I'm just getting ready to launch like a small group coaching package, which I've never done before. And and we'll talk a little bit about how the micro launch method has helped with that. So (laughs) that's really exciting. And I think that for um, a business such as yours, you were one of the hardest hit with the pandemic because you everything was in person, everything, you know, food related or yoga, you know, exercise. It's (laughs) it's hard to take that online. Um, how did you find, like, let me actually change this around because I don't want to focus on the pandemic. Like it was a year ago, you've pivoted yeah. since then. We, we want to talk about what's working well now. Yeah. So let me cha- rephrase the question. You have a lot of things happening. Yoga, nutritionist. I've worked with you as a nutritionist. You're absolutely amazing. I still have like the notes that you sent me. I have them like at a place that I look at them from time to time. Um, uh, you've got the cooking classes as well. How do you balance that out? Like if you're a multi-passionate, multi-talented human, where do you focus? So what I do is I kind of split my week up a little bit. And I'll say, you know, on Wednesdays are the days that I will do a cooking demo or cooking demonstration. I don't do them other days of the week. I pick one day that I do that. And so then I'm not trying to fit things into my schedule later. Mondays are generally my brainstorming, my creation, my figuring out, okay, what's the next steps for this project that I want to work on? Um, And if I feel inspired to write a blog post, spoiler alert, I'm not super consistent with that. But when I do, they get really great traction. So I figure, you know what? It's working. And Tuesdays are a yoga day. So I I kind of fit my, I teach a yoga class on Tuesdays. And then if I have um, kind of interviews or meetings that aren't client work, but are sort of with um, like groups in town or a session maybe with, with Maggie, I will often try to schedule those on a Tuesday for my, for just keeping my calendar the way that it, it works well. And I, that's really what I try to do is, is, pick days to do certain things. And so that, you know, there's freedom and flexibility in there Mm -hmm. to change it if need be. But generally speaking, I focus on one thing at a time and I don't sit down and think, okay, today I'm going to work on my group coaching and then figure out how to market my yoga classes and then think about developing a cooking class for next week. It's like, no, if I'm sitting down this day, I'm working solely on one thing. So yesterday, for example, I sat down and had a couple people sign up for my group coaching that I haven't launched yet. Woo-hoo! So I had to sit down and create the welcome email, the group, all that kind of uh, stuff that I was like, oh, I have a little bit of time to get this done. It was like, no, no, today is the day. So I sat down and just like turned off all distractions and probably got figured that all out, got that all written up, emails, copy, draft, all that within about an hour and a half and then take a little break. I- I'm, I'm a really, my talent is writing. I'm a really fast writer. I, uh, I have a master's in English and I like to just like let the words flow and I don't really go back and like agonize over them. I'll like read through for, for typos or, you know, a one word here or there that might need to be changed, but I'm kind of a big fan of 
letting the inspiration out, typing it out, feeling what needs to be said, and then kind of like letting it go. Because I love you can that. Spend days and days and days. Yep. I mean, Just, yeah. I had 55 unpublished blog posts at one point because I, I thought they were all crap because I would go back and go, oh my God, this is terrible. I can't publish it. So yeah, I think this is so interesting because you're, you're saying so because you have basically like what, three kind of arms to your business, cooking, nutrition, and yoga, yeah. um, and you split it basically per week. So certain days are for certain things. I've tried that and that doesn't work for me at all, which I think is really interesting. Um, I think it's because I have ADD. So it's, it's too short of a time for me. Like one day is too short of a time for me to focus on just one thing. And I will want to work on all four projects I have because I have four projects. So what I do is I work in AB weeks. My A weeks are all my clients, right? So all my podcast interviews, all my clients that happens in one week. So I don't really have to think strategy on my business. I'm working on other people's businesses. And then the B week is my creative week. And that's where I have like minimum amount of appointments. And that's where I have a lot of open time on calendar to be like, okay, cool. I'm now going to go, you know, prep my course slides for my new course, or I'm going to create content for this launch I'm doing. So, um, you know, or for anyone listening, obviously, please do try Caitlin's way. Yeah. It is, it works very, very well for a lot of people. My way doesn't work for a lot of people as well. So it's just, you have to figure out like what kind of style actually suits you. But I know a lot of people do the kind of break down their days per theme. And it really, it took me a while to, to get there. And it, it took me some trial and error to figure out what actually did work. And before it was kind of like, oh, I'll do a morning of this and then an afternoon of this, or I'll do, and that was too short for me. But mm -hmm. for other people, they can have those, those chunks of, you know, three hours in the morning to do X thing. And then in the afternoon, they're going to focus on Y. Yeah. But for me, it's sort of, I need like the full day. Yep. And I need to set something that really helps is I have a morning routine and I stick with it and I get up and I know, okay, as soon as I get up, I do this. Um, mine mostly kind of revolves around like, I like to get my space tidy. So I like clean my kitchen. I sort of release the day before I play with my cats. I do a little bit of stretching and drink um, my sort of medicinal hot chocolate <laughs> full, of, full of all that good nutrition-y stuff. And then that I sit down and all that stuff, I'm not thinking about, oh, the kitchen needs to be cleaned or I have to, the cats are distracting me or I'm doing this. All that stuff's done. So I can just sit down and then like really focus. And I don't go into my email because I can get sucked into reading newsletters. I, I love to read. I love to read newsletters. And that is a place I can lose a lot of time. So I have to close my email and only read them basically either evenings or on my weekends. Like it can't be... If I start reading them, I will get distracted and I won't work. Yeah, that's that's a really good thing to be aware of, right? Like where where do you get, like I can't open Reddit. Yeah. I open Reddit, I go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you find your spot where you know, like if I go here, I'm done, like I'm gone. And then you say, not between these hours or yeah. not until I do this project or finish this thing that I need to work on. Yeah. And then you can enjoy it too, because I find if I go in and I'm reading it, I'm also stressing about the stuff that I'm not doing. So I'm not enjoying it. So you've got that guilt happening in the back of your head of like, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm watching. So yes to the dress on YouTube when I should be, you know, creating my launch content or something. Yeah. Not that I've ever done that, you know? No. Oh my gosh. Never, never, never. people. Never. No, definitely not this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so because you're in such an industry which is focused on helping and healing, one of the biggest questions that comes up for people is 
how do you balance serving and selling? So I try to offer as much kind of free beneficial content as I can because I'm in a relationship kind of business. People need to know who I am. They need to trust me because we t- we go deep. We talk about really personal deep things. And I think that serving people, some people can't afford to work with a coach at a specific time. So by sharing content, they can get some of that support, some of that guidance. And then maybe when they are in a position to work with someone or want to work with someone, you know, I'll be the person that they think of. But I always try to share, you know, I'll do free cooking demos. I have free yoga classes on my YouTube channel. And then an option for if people want to do a paid class, we have live ones. So there's options for paid and unpaid. There's Um, I always share lots of recipes and content online because even if I I mean, in my community, there's lots of conversation about, well, I don't want to share my recipes because then people won't come to my classes or do my cooking stuff. And I'm like, no, I was like, I have people who will, will read, like read my recipes on my website, but they love the idea of coming together and then seeing how I make it or how we make it together. And, and I think having that fear of, oh, I'm sharing too much is, can be, a little misguided in some ways. I mean, don't go giving away huge, big programs that you've put hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks of work into, but, you know, doing a, an hour free demo or free cooking class can really be a great way to get people to know me. And then from those experiences, I always get tons of requests afterwards. So for example, for the last uh, I'm going to jump into my micro launch that I just did just, just because it's very fresh in my mind. It just, it, we just actually finished the program. So for that uh, program I was running, it was a love your healthy self nutrition challenge. And it had cooking classes. We had meditation and intention setting sessions. We did yoga. And then there was sort of an elimination style diet that people would follow. And it was a really incredible group of people who joined. It's actually what inspired me to do my small group coaching because that power of community was just incredible. But to launch that, I did a little free cooking class and it was for a glory bowl or a Buddha bowl. And it's so that a Buddha bowl is like kind of a grain base. So we did a turmeric coconut rice. Then we made a really delicious dressing. I think I made it at uh, the... I think I made it at your retreat, actually, mm-hmm. the glory bowl dressing, the kind of like nutrition. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did that class and I got, I did it for free. And just from that, I had 145 people sign up for my mailing list and I didn't pay for any ads. I think I shared it, you know, three or four times on Facebook and one, uh, once or twice in my email list. And I, from that got, I think... 15 people signed up for my coach, my, my program requests to do that class paid for another group. So someone saw that they're like, Oh, we're doing a wellness of a month for our business. Can we pay you to come and host that class for our employees? So I just did that last week. Um, I got requests for a couple different presentations in town. So I did one on, uh, stress and digestion or not in town, sorry, online, mm-hmm. uh, one for stress and digestion for a group out in Saskatchewan. So just kind of showing up and sharing that information and just being out and visible and, you know, letting my passion, cause I, I love food, you know, how much I love food. 
<laughs> letting it shine through, I think it, it comes back to you when you're when you're generous in what you give. It comes back to you um, in a way that's that's really powerful and really meaningful because people see you and they they learn to trust you in that way. So there is, I mean, I, I wouldn't do every week a free cooking class, but you know, having a few here and there for people to join, and then offering that as sort of here, try this if you don't want to invest. And then if you do, here's some other options yeah. that we can actually work together more closely. So an, those are amazing results. Like 145, 35 signups, 45. your email is 145, yeah. uh, 15 program signups. Like that's absolutely massive. But I want to point out one thing because I get this question a lot, especially people who are like in the health industry, health and wellness, or in the spiritual industry, right? When it's really about helping and healing people. What you're saying, you're not saying I go out and like private message reply to every single person who asks for help and get on all these video calls one-on-one. You're not doing the one-on-one help for free. You're doing something that's more visible, that's more public, that still allows people to access your knowledge, right? And recipes and information, but in a way that is one too many, right? You do it once. Right. You spend like, let's say, what, two hours about around this cooking demo. You do it once. You know, you have the video. You can repurpose it and it can impact multiple people. What I see a lot of people think about when they think about like, give it all away. Like what you said, I love this quote. When you're generous in what you give, it comes back to you in a way that's powerful and meaningful. But that doesn't mean go help every single person one on one. No, because you're not going to have any time left over. So I just want to make this distinction really, really clear for anyone listening. And that is a really good point, Maggie, because when I do get one-on-one like requests in my inbox for, oh, I've got X thing and can you give me this advice? And I'm like, if you'd like, here's my information on my coaching packages. Um, We could set up a call, figure that out. I don't don't give one-to-one advice ever away for free, unless it's something very quick, like where can I get this thing at the grocery store or, you know, something like that. But when you work with people on nutrition, you also need to be really aware of their health history before you go making any sort of blanket advice and statements. So it would be really irresponsible to kind of share that information without having that connection and without getting the inform- the background information from them. Uh, so I often send out, you know, here's my information. Here's what we would do if we work together. Thanks for contacting me. But, you know, here's yeah. all my free stuff if you yeah. want it. Um And uh, I have had actually as well, just the other day uh, from that kind of cooking class, someone messaged me, they're like, Hey, can I pay you to pull together just a big list of nut-free snacks? Because, you know, I'm busy and I'm on the go and I gave her my hourly rate. She's like, perfect. Sent it over, got it done. And it was like, it was, they actually entered the inbox being like, I want to pay you for this. And I think when you set that up as, you know, someone asking you to do, oh, can you do an hour long talk for my group? Unless I'm specifically volunteering for an organization, I say, oh yeah, of course, here's my hourly rate yeah. or something like that. And you just do it with, without being like, oh yeah, I'd love to, but just, just say, yeah, that's great. Here's my hourly rate for that. What days are you looking for? Or no is a complete sentence. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I love that. I think those banners are so important. Um, and I just lost my train of thought. There was something that you said that I was like, I want to touch on that. That was cool. It'll come back to me, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It'll come back. They always do. (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's with, I remember now, um, with the thing about 
not if you don't know someone's health history and you want to give them but they're asking for advice by email like it's you've got a very high chance of potentially giving wrong advice yeah or advice that doesn't fit same thing for what i do it's business and marketing strategy someone emails me like hey why did my offer not sell the way i thought it would well let's sit down like what was your messaging like who's your audience how, how what was your visibility like what were your platforms did you you know there's so many so much information i need to have to be able to make a, even a hypothesis of try these things moving forward right so and i have the same approach i do like fairly frequently a reply to questions ask people asking for help um one-on-one but it's like if it takes me five minutes or less yeah right yeah. and it has got- to be something surface level it can't be something deep because you just you can't get into it without no. that background knowledge like it's just yeah. impossible so it's not like nothing to do with like us like wanting to keep our knowledge to ourselves it's just we don't want to mess things up for you because we don't have enough information enough data about you to be able to give you basically even a diagnosis yeah oh yeah and i i mean i don't general i don't diagnose um any sort of health conditions but we talk about okay what is going on in your body and what are some things that i know for these types of symptoms and imbalances i mean i've been doing this for Ooh, almost a decade, I think. So it's it's been a little while. I've got I've gotten pretty good at putting puzzle pieces and stuff together. But when before I make any recommendation, I sit down with someone and I talk to them for an hour. And like I ask questions going back to birth, <laughs> like right from birth. And to do any sort of recommendation without that foundation, like you said, it's kind of irresponsible and it it could be dangerous. Yep. And you could send someone on the wrong path. Yep. like completely on the wrong path. Cause you don't know, if, like for business, for example, you don't know what kind of time commitment are they looking to put into it? What results do they actually want? Like all these kinds of things, you need to have that conversation before yep. you can make any sort of really deep, tangible suggestions to yep. someone. Absolutely. So last question for you about the micro-launch method. <laughs> Um, what was, cause you've had quite a journey with the micro launch method that you've now used a couple of times, like full on, you've used a lot of the concepts here and there. I see, I see your breadcrumbs, Caitlin. I see you doing your thing. <laughs> what was your biggest takeaway from the, from the micro launch method in terms of simplifying your business marketing or sales processes? So, um, I actually did your quiz, I think a week or two ago, you put that out and it was find out your minimum viable process. I think that was the, for my, for my result, it was minimal, minimum viable process. And so simplifying for me was, okay, what do I need to do to get people to even care or know that I'm doing something? And so I try to keep it simple in terms of the platforms I share on. I I pick a couple and I share there consistently. And so it's asking questions and engaging with my audience to make sure what I'm offering is something that they want. (laughs) So doing like polls and keeping that really simple and just making it fun. It takes me five minutes, type it up on my phone, maybe put a cute little picture in. Are you interested in this or this? And then people vote. And then I might think people wanted something and realize after talking to them, oh, they actually want the opposite. Like something I realized after posting questions for this small group coaching is, oh, I thought maybe people might like a Sunday afternoon coaching because their weeks are really busy and really full. But then talking to people you know, I work from home, I kind of work every day a little bit. So my weekends are kind of meaningless. (laughs) But for a lot of people who work Monday to Friday, nine to five, their weekends are really sacred. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to even if it's something fun, and it's something for themselves, they don't want to necessarily schedule it in that way. 
And so having those conversations with a few people and getting that feedback, it was okay. No, actually evenings after dinner for this kind of coaching are what people want because they can, the kids are fed. If they have kids, dinner's done, the kitchen's clean. They can actually sit down and chat and enjoy. So I think that breadcrumbing and that actually asking for what people want is simplifying because you're not wasting your time doing something people don't care about. Because you could, I could have created something, tried to launch it. No one signs up because it's not what they need and it's not what they think they need or want. Yay! Right? <laughs> so it's that question. It's that question. What do you actually want from me? What do you want to learn? And then everything from there kind of flows. And so I will do really basic. I'll, I'll do, you know, three kind of emails when I'm launching sort of here's the thing. Here's the thing with a little bonus. Here's the thing closing out. So, you know, I keep it pretty simple. I don't send tons and tons of emails because for me, that just doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't, I don't like to sit down and do that. I don't like to send it out like that. I found the three kind of emails that work really well and I really tailor them and shift them. And I send different ones to different lists that I have, depending on what they signed up for. So I kind of use the, the messaging and the language a little bit differently for people who signed up for yoga versus a cooking demo versus in my main list. So kind of, but for the same product, but just slightly different language. And then I just share it on, on Facebook and on Instagram in my stories. I'll sometimes do a, a, a boost, uh, a boost, a post that's Mm -hmm. getting a lot of good traction. So, you know, I might boost it for five days, $5 a day and kind of see the returns on that or something I'm thinking of trying, but this is just keeping it really simple is, you know, ask the question, send the email, do a few posts. And I've gotten like, kind of the response out of it because I don't want to put that kind of time and energy into something that that isn't really what I want my business to look like that's not the amount of work that I want to do I don't want to sit down and have to work for 9 10 12 hours a day because that's not balanced for me and as a nutritionist I do also need to have that work-life balance because you can't tell someone to have that and then not (laughs) practice it it yourself yeah (laughs) so yeah so that idea of Figure out what your people need and think that they need and want. Give it to them and just be really, I try to just be really honest of like, this is something that I'm really excited about that I think that will serve you and think about, you know, who those people are and what they want to solve. Like, what is, what is that? What is that? What, how do they want to feel after? How do they feel now? And where do they want to be at the end? So for the group coaching, because it's more, you know, generalized instead of the one-to-one, I thought, you know, these are people who might be really confused about all the mis- the different information in the media and from doctors and from nutritionists and this fad diet and that fad diet, and there's mm-hmm. too much and it's overwhelming. So what do I want them to feel at the end? I want them to feel like they have a really solid understanding of these core base principles of nutrition so that they can make choices moving forward. So they might see it, you know, an article come out and say, you know, eggs are going to kill you, but they will have that understanding of like how fat and protein and different things work in the body so that they can go, you know what? No, that's just noise. Yeah. That's not actually important. So it's like cutting through a lot of that, that noise and giving them that empowerment and that education. So it's like, where are they now? Where do they want to be? And how can I make it a simple, simple concept? It doesn't need to be 50 pages of like, oh my gosh, you are, yeah. and there you are. You're like, this is, I've said that sentence so many times. I started laughing. We said, I was like, oh my God, I have said that sentence to so many clients, masterminders, micro launch courses. 
Thank you for saying that's like validating that like you're listening when I'm talking about strategy and like how to market and sell something. But um, I think you've done an absolute brilliant job in the last year. You are on such an upward momentum journey. You are so, so multi-talented and you're such, you have such a seriously big, generous heart. So Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being one of the speakers at the Strategy Sleepover and sharing all of your wonderful insights and wisdom. Thank you so much, Maggie. I loved being here. Always love everything that you do. So thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the Microlaunch Method, which is my flagship program on how to market and sell an offer in three weeks or less in a really simple way that's aligned to your strengths, your goals, and your personality, head on over to maggiegila.com forward slash Microlaunch.